great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. And everybody, I've got an amazing episode to introduce this fourth season of this podcast. And his name is Dalton Johnson. He is a newly minted second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, you know, and I, I brought him on because I had an opportunity to meet with him and talk with him and, you know, become buddies with him. I just wanted to bring him on to hear the story of the challenges and uh, hoping to inspire people and motivate people of the challenges of going through the uh, Marine Corps officer training and everything. So Dalton, welcome and thank you for jumping on to this episode. Absolutely, man. It's, it's, it's an honor. It's my first podcast, so I'm hoping... And you can get what you need and uh, fire some people. Fantastic, awesome, and that is ultimately like part of your uh, part of your job, right? In in a sense. Oh, like absolutely. You- As a Marine Corps officer, you know our our main job is to lead junior Marines or just Marines in general. That's who they look up to as commanding officer or just an officer in general. Like that's that's their role model. That's who they look up to. That's who they look for answers, and that's what I'm training to be right now. So, fantastic. And okay, so for anyone who hasn't, who doesn't understand the process, can you go a little bit into depth of what it takes, like just an overview of what it takes to become a uh, officer in the Marine Corps? Yeah, absolutely. So there's actually two routes. The first route would be if you went straight out of high school when you joined the Marine Corps, and I believe it's for three years, you have to make it to E3 or Lance Corporal. And then from there, you go out and then you'd go get your four-year degree, and then you can become an officer that way. Or there's a couple options in there of how college works and stuff. You can do like a PLC program and things like that, but that's a little bit more complicated. Or you can do just straight out of straight out of college. So a lot of people think to be an officer, you have to go through the ranks and things like that. But realistically, it does take a little bit of work. You obviously you do have to get your bachelor's degree, and then once you get your bachelor's degree, that's not the only part. Now you have to go and you have to talk to an officer recruiter. And from there, they'll basically determine whether or not fit enough to be a United States Marine Corps officer. For me, it was the Los Angeles office um, right, that, right out there by UCLA. And, you know, they, they shaped me into really who I am today as far as a Marine Corps officer goes. You know, that's kind of the stepping stone where I started. And kind of to answer that question is, you know, you can either go the enlisted route, do three years, get your degree, go the officer straight out of high school, or you can go to college straight out of high school and then start your application as a Marine Corps officer. Amazing. Straight out of college. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. And is becoming a Marine Corps officer, was that like a lifelong dream or was it something else? (laughs) So it's actually a funny story. So my whole life, you know, I grew up playing sports, 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 sports ever since I was eight years old. I started wrestling when I was four. I started baseball when I was four, but then I didn't start football until I was eight. But from eight on, I was a three-sport athlete all the way up until my freshman year of college, which I had to ultimately pick one sport and I ended up picking football. And everybody has that dream of becoming a, you know, a star athlete, but you know, it just wasn't in the cards for me. You know, I didn't have the size, didn't really have the speed and the ability and things like that. I still wouldn't play college football, but once I got done with college, I realized I got my degree in psychology and I started thinking, I could either go get my, my master's degree in psychology, my PhD in psychology, or my PsyD in psychology. And the funny thing is, is my grandpa, he was a retired master chief in the Navy, 
And he was always harping on me ever since, you know, I was in high school saying, oh, you know, you join the military, join the military, you school and preschooling, you know. And then so when I was going through the process, I kind of made him mad because I was like, hey, grandpa, I just want to let you know, like, I've, I've decided that I want to join the Marine Corps. And he goes, the Marine Corps? What the heck? Because, you know, the, the thing with the, the military is everybody, every branch is, you know, they think they're the best, you know, and that's just how it is. It's just the mentality. And so anyways, we went back and forth with that for a while. And he goes, well, and I told him, I was like, I kind of want to go the enlisted route first so I can kind of get the experience, you know, and kind of have that knowledge going in as an officer. And he goes, what, what are you doing? Like, you don't, don't let your degree go to waste going as an officer. Like I've, I was the enlisted side. I'm telling you an officer route is the best way to go, especially with your leadership abilities and things like that. And I said, okay, but I'll look into it. I looked into it. I found, like I said, the office out in LA, Captain Campbell out there. Um, She's amazing. Uh, She's been getting people ready for OCS officer candidate school since day one. So, you know, shout out to her, (laughs) but yeah, man, I, it's never been a, it's never been really a lifelong dream. It's always kind of been in the back of my mind, something that I can always do. And, you know, I finally decided for myself, I'm tired of trying to make everybody happy. I'm just going to do something for myself. And here we are. Yeah, that's absolutely phenomenal. And to have uh, someone there in your family who has that experience in the military, your grandpa, even though you went with the Marines, you still must be very proud in, <laughs> in many ways. Absolutely. Um, fantastic. All right. So the overall process. So you were talking about how how you go through OCS and uh, you either go enlisted or go the, the officer route. And uh, right now, so you are currently a newly minted, right? A, a second lieutenant, correct? Yes. Yes. Amazing. And what does that ultimately tell? Like, what does it mean to be a second lieutenant? <laughs> oh man, where do I start? <laughs> um, it's kind of crazy. You know, you go to, you go to, you hear these, these horror stories about OCS and how crazy it is, you know, getting people being dropped, you know, medical injuries or they just can't take it anymore, whatever the case may be. But OCS, it's, it's one of the officer candidate school. It's one of those things where you have the mental fortitude to just to make it and, you know, just dig deep and be able to survive on three hours of sleep at night while you're trying to study and making those dang name tapes all night long. Um, if you, if, if whoever's listening, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, but I think it's just the rigors, man. Like every day you wake up at, I think it's zero four and like four o'clock in the morning. And from there, your day started, you get up, you get dressed and everything's so structured. It's like, we're here from this time to this time. We can't be any later. Like you're just moving so fast and so quick. And for a lot of people, it's such a culture shock because you know, there's, you can just tell there's a lot of people that maybe have never been like yelled at in their life before and they just kind of freeze up. And yeah. then you got guys like me that, you know, I was kind of, I was raised with a, my dad was really hard on me. Actually, my whole family just had like really high expectations of me. So, you know, they're always pushing me to be the best. It kind of was like, I guess, battle ready, I guess you can say for it. But it was by no means easy. Um, I look back on it now and, you know, the things that I went to the, the basic school, which is after OCS and but that's besides that's that's for another story. But you know, you, just OCS in general, man. It's a lot of running, a lot of working out, a lot of eating. Oh, I've I've never ate so much in my life and lost so much weight. Seriously, <laughs> huh? It's crazy. And, and then the time you're sitting in the classroom and you're trying to stay awake, and you're, you're, yeah, you can't. You're sucking on uh, cough drops just to stay awake. Some people were like rubbing like hand sanitizer under their eyes and stuff. No but, way. Yeah, man. It's it's an experience. It's an experience. Oh wait, did you go through everything during? Uh- 
COVID-19 or was it much earlier? No. So, well, kind of. So uh, COVID wasn't a thing at OCS. I went to OCS September of 2019 and then I graduated November of 2019. And then COVID didn't really hit until about uh, February-ish, February, March. Okay. Um, And that's when I was at TBS. So we kind of got the brunt of that at TBS. And then that's still kind of lingering now here when I'm in MOS school too. But that's, that's kind of crazy too. The military really did a good job at mitigating everything that they could make sure we still get our training and stuff like that. So instead of actually going out in the field, we just did like simulated events. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty interesting. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah, that, that does sound interesting, especially because to, to adapt so quickly to situations like this, uh, you know, to have the entire like force, it sounds pretty like a pretty uh, intense, like activity to organize, you know, to go from, what they had planned to this complete like shift. I'm, I'm guessing based on what you oh, said. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was, it was one of those things that, I mean, it was kind of like a drop of hat, like, Oh shoot, you know, we got to change some things up, you know, cause we can't get everybody in, you know, infected and all this stuff. And it was just crazy. I mean, it was just yeah. uh, as Marines, you know, we're, we're trained to, you know, just be adaptable and uh, you know, adapt and overcome. And that's what we did. And that's what we still continue to do today. And, you know, I, I feel like we're doing the right thing. So amazing. And okay, so what I've been wanting to know is like, OCS is such a huge, huge experience. And I'm so curious, like, you know, what times were you like, oh, man, this is like the toughest thing I've ever had to do? Or like, what moments stood out in your mind? Or was there ever like, some of the wild things that just happened? Are are any of those things that uh, you can that stand out in your mind? Oh, man, where do I start? So I think, I think the first time that I was sitting there in my rack and, you know, my bed and I was like, man, like this sucks. Like it was three in the morning and remind you, we had to be up in about an hour to get ready for the day and stuff. And, and how many days in was this? This was probably week three. So, I mean, okay. we were still working on, you know, three hours of sleep, if that. And I'm sitting there and uh, every night we had to make name tape just because, um, like as officer candidates, we're basically have to speak in third person all the time. You know, we can't say I, it's this candidate. So to make name tapes every night with our last name on it. And if they weren't perfect in the morning, you had to write an essay. And the essays were 300 <laughs> essays on whatever it was. So for example, if your name tape was messed up, you'd have to write a 300 word essay on why your name tape was messed up, how to fix it and things like that. So you have that in the back of your mind. You're like, dude, I got to get these name tapes done. Not to mention you have to study for the next day because you have a test or at the end of the week or whatever it might be. And then not to mention that now you got to write an order as well. (laughs) So it's, I was sitting there and I was like, dude, what did I get myself into? Like, this is insane. Like, what do you, okay, sorry, backtrack. What do you mean by an order? Okay. So in officer candidate school, they, they call these things, they're five paragraph orders. And it's basically as officers, they train you to be a rifle platoon commander which is basically, you know, an, an infantry officer in the sense, you know, if stuff, hits, if shit hits the fan, basically, then, you know, you got to be able to be on your toes and command a, a rifle platoon. And basically what they did is they were basically just teaching us the basics um, on how to write an order. So basically it starts off with, you start off with like the orientation situation, um, you know, you go down the list of things and then you kind of break down to the mission. And then from the mission, from there, you break into like logistics and things like that. And it's basically just this order you read to your, your little like, quote unquote, like mock, uh, like squad that, that you do. Yeah. And you basically go and you like run a mission from that plan that you make and then 
depending on how successful your plan is and how you can adapt and overcome, that's kind of what they grade you on there. So, so you had to do the, the names and the studying, and then you had to also prepare your orders. Oh yeah. And, and so, okay. So, so this one specific morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's just crazy, man. If you don't move fast enough, if you're, if your uh, boots aren't laced the right way, if you have what we call IPs, which are basically like little strings that they hang off your uniform, like you'll get yelled at for that. You'll get yelled at if you touch your face. You get yelled at if you smile. You get yelled at if you say I. You know, you'll get yelled at if you walk the wrong way. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> like, it, it's okay. so hard to explain, but like when you're there in the moment, it's one of those things you're like, dude, like this is crazy. And you know it, And I think that's kind of where it draws back on the Marine Corps professionalism is they're really key on attention to detail. It's everything from the smallest thing to exactly what I said to how your boots are laced. And it just, it just goes to show that, you know, that we take pride in the, in the small things that we do. And, but yeah, it's just, when I was sitting up in my rack that same night I was, I was talking about previously, and I swear you can just hear like your, your gunnery sergeant or your staff sergeant just screaming and like, but they're, they're asleep in their racks, you know, in the, in the duty hut, but you can just hear like screaming and you think like they're still screaming, but they're, everybody's asleep. You're just like sitting there hallucinating, just sitting up and it's, it's, it's trippy, man. Yeah, and that's from ultimately from the sleep deprivation and having them in your face, basically Absolutely. all day. We had, I mean, we had we had a guy that uh, had like night terrors a couple of nights, and you just like wake up screaming. It's it's just crazy, man. Damn! Wow! And he would wake up like the whole thing, and people would have to call him calm him down, or was it just like? Oh. No, it was just like everybody would wake up and be like, "What the heck?" And then like everybody, this is it's just like kind of normal, you know? It's it's a normal thing out there. So yeah. Okay. And okay. So talking, talk, talking about the overall experience, was there like, and this is talking about like overcoming certain situations, but was there, and you were talking about being an athlete and, you know, I imagine that overall fitness, you, you did pretty well, but was there, there's probably challenges for everybody. So was there any specific challenge that you remember? Like, you know, I have to spend extra time on this so that, you know, you, you make sure that you, you complete it. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, you mentioned a lot of the physical stuff and yeah, the physical stuff wasn't really an issue for me. Actually for a lot of us in our, in our class, uh, we had, um, they, they were telling us that we had one of the higher or the highest PFT scores, physical fitness test scores um, out of all OCSs. So f- physical fitness for us wasn't the issue, but for me, it was definitely academics, always struggled with academics. And I think it's just more of like the comprehension things. And I, uh, I think it's just because, like, with all the factors that was going with the sleep deprivation and trying to, you know, keep track of everything, having a whole new lifestyle, whole new culture, learning everything from square one, and you know, your your mind just kind of everywhere, and it's so hard to focus on things. But you know, you had guys that have, you know, been through OCS a couple times that, you know, I really leaned on to, you know, help me study and things like that, and you know, we we figured it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, the physical stuff. I mean, that was it's kind of whatever. I mean, we had. Uh, it was our nine mile hike and it was just pouring rain. It was like one in the morning or two in the morning, something like that. we stepped off for the hike. And then after you get done with your nine mile hike, you got to go and you do it called a, it's called a Suli, which is your small unit leadership evaluation. And that's about another 12 more miles of just missions. And, you know, throughout the whole day, it's about 21 miles, 22 miles of just straight walking. And we were walking when it was soaked. people had blisters or chafing real bad, you know, it was a, it's a real bad day for everybody, but you know, we all, we all got through it and it was something we can all look back on now and be like, man, like that. Yeah. 
And you have serious, you had some pretty heavy equipment on during that huge hike or. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so, it's so like relative, I guess you can say, cause at the time, you know, we think carrying our rifle and carrying, I don't know, it might've been like 40, 50 pounds, maybe, maybe 60. I don't know. But when you compare it to the basic school hikes, we had a, we had like a 150 pound, like two mile death march. It's called the Trail of Tears. Death march. That uh-huh. was that was absolutely nuts compared to OCS. We would go through OCS all over again because at at uh, OCS, all you have is your flak, which is or uh, sorry, not flak, your LBV, which is your load bearing vest, which is like a very thin weight material that carries you know all your accessories as far as like your mag pouches you know, whistles, compasses, all that. But then once you get to TBS, they throw on the flax, which are basically the, like the bulletproof vests, basically. And those are, that's a 25 pounds with that alone. Then you throw like your mags on there and throw all this other stuff. And I, I was carrying a, a 249, which is the big machine gun. I mean, that alone's 17, 18 more pounds. So it's like, you know, you're throwing all this weight and you're just like, man, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're wishing you could go back to OCS, but. <laughs> go back to that those, those times in OCS huh yeah I mean the, the best part okay so the best part about OCS was eating three times a day and you know eating as much as you possibly could just shoving your face still being hungry you know that was the best part for me <laughs> nice yeah hey I guess I imagine that out of all those things that 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 moment that of break that you get or was it like you know I, I picture them constantly yelling in your face while you're eating but is that like not no, always the case? I mean so uh kind of sort of so like the first like the in-processing part like that first week slash week and a half two weeks is they're really on you that's called the the break-in phase or whatever you want to call it and it's basically just they're going to tear you apart for every little thing like letting you know that you're not in in power anymore they're basically separating you and basically starting all over again like rethinking everything you ever known known throughout your whole life (laughs) you know so like you're sitting there trying to eat they're like eat faster eat faster close your mouth too slower, too faster. <laughs> Get your feet together. Like, dude, it's crazy. And now uh, you're just sitting there, you know, food's flying everywhere. People are going crazy. And then they're like, all right, get out. It's like everybody stands up and puts their tray away and get out. After, after about week five or six, because it's, it's 10 weeks. So about week five or six, they really kind of start relaxing a little bit more. Kind of just eat the staff sergeants, gunner sergeants and stuff. They, they'll all kind of eat in their own section and they, cause we've kind of gone through the process now and we kind of know the proper way to do stuff, but don't think if, if, uh, <laughs> if a gunnery sergeant or a master sergeant or sergeant major came walking by and they saw you doing the wrong thing. Oh, they would rip you apart for it. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. it was literally like one time somebody was, uh, taking their, was it mustard or ketchup packet? One of the two and they were, Oh no, it was the uh, peanut butter packets. They were taking and biting the corner off and like sucking all the peanut butter out. And they got lit up for that. <laughs> for that? Sanitary, you know? Oh, okay. So like it's little things like that, you know, you just don't think about it. You just do your whole life and then it's like rip you apart for it. They basically reteach yeah. you to use a fork and a knife and a spoon and they tell you how the to right eat way. fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So has anyone... When you go out to eat now, do you ever, do people ever say, man, you eat so fast or is it just kind of like, <laughs> so that's another funny thing. So I, I feel like I've, I was kind of built for the military. You know, my grandpa was in the military. My uncle's in the military. My two cousins are in the military and sidetrack story. But my grandpa, uh, when we go out to eat and stuff for breakfast, when I was younger, when he was done eating, it was time to go. He, so like you basically had to either scarf down your food or you went hungry. 
So like, I've always been a fast eater and people are like, dude, nobody's going to take your food away from me. (laughs) When I went to OCS, I had no problem scarfing down my food. Like that was no big deal for me. And even, even to this day, like I'm still like, today's a perfect example. You know, we were out getting lunch and it was just Panda Express and my meal was gone before everybody else's, even though they've all gone through OCS and TBS too, but I just eat fast. I love food. I will always be that way. (laughs) Awesome, man. Wow. That's fantastic. You got your calories in and you never had to worry too much about calorie area of that, huh? Oh yeah. Never. (laughs) Good. Hey, that's, that's awesome. And also, cause, cause I think about it and you know, you think about all the different types of people that could potentially go through any sort of like basic training or military or OCS and things like that. And you know, some people like they, they just naturally, I guess, eat slow and that's the skill they have to pick up is eating fast. So it's interesting that you share that. Absolutely. man. And all right. So OCS, it's a challenging time. You're hiking, got tons of equipment on, you know, you picture, picture, or at least I picture, you know, from the movies of boot camp people yelling in your face and everything. And okay, so what about the leadership element of it? What sort of advice, I mean, just in general for anybody who's listening, like even if they didn't want to join the Marines or something, what sort of leadership advice or some like leadership skills would you feel they helped you develop that, you know, maybe you had some time to think on and reflect and like you came up with like a leadership philosophy or something? I think the biggest thing, and I think people overlook this one a lot, is just doing the right thing, man. I feel like as as human beings, you know, we, we see something that's wrong, but we're so afraid of what other people are going to think if we go out and try to help somebody or we go try to do something that's the right thing. And I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's how it should be. If you see something that's wrong and you see th- something that needs to be fixed and you know you can do something about it, like to me, that's what leadership is. Leadership is like, helping somebody out when in need. Like I'm a big, big, big teamwork guy. So like if somebody's struggling, I'll do whatever it takes in my power to get them to where we are if we're succeeding, you know? And I really like to bring people along the process with me. And I kind of expect the same in return. And if it doesn't happen, you know, so be it. But, you know, if I'm struggling, like, for example, like with my uh, academics at OCS, like people went out of their way to help me to get, you know, so we could all finish together. And I think like that's huge. People overlook teamwork. And leadership so much because a lot of people think leadership is hey I'm a higher rank than you or so and so I'm a higher position this is what I say this is what should we do and that's you know they call it authoritarian leadership but it might work in some places but I don't think it works everywhere for everybody because everybody's different you know everybody has their own kind of leadership style but for me like I said I'm a I'm a big teamwork kind of guy I'm more of like a if you have a problem, like I'm going to help you solve it. Like I'm not going to give you like a short term solution. I'm going to be like, Hey man, like what can we do right now that can affect your future in five years? You know, like I don't look at five minutes from now. I'm looking at like five years. So if that, if that solution is like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll just put a bandaid on it. Like I'm not about that. I've never been about that. So I'm more about helping somebody to that point to where they can be successful in that five years, 10 years down the road, you know, where they can be a better person, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whatever it might be in the future. You know, that's, I'm, that's what I'm about. And I think that's super powerful, especially the part where you touched on, you know, not just focusing on the five minutes, but the five years. And to think like, you know, when I, when I was listening to you say that, I was thinking, well, does that mean I have to do something huge to impact me in five years? And, Absolutely. you know, yeah. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah. And I, and I think that's, and I think that's where a lot of people, you know, they, 
they listen to all these motivational speakers and, you know, they're saying, Hey man, like focus on five years. But to them, it's like, dude, they already have their life figured out. Like I don't have nothing. Like what, what am I going to do? You know? And I've had so many conversations with people that are like, I just, I don't have anything going for me. I don't know what to do. And I say, this is one thing that the Marine Corps taught me. A plan executed now is better than no plan at all. Or like a plan that you're trying to execute perfectly. Because like for me, I'm a kind of person that I've realized that I'm going to try absolutely everything and I'll find out if I like it or not later on. I, I hate trying to sit. I hate sitting there and being like, man, like, I bet you if I just did this, this way, this way, and this way, I could do it, but I can't because of this. Just go out and do it. And I think, so like, that's kind of the advice that I definitely wanted to bring to you on here is don't think about the now, think about the future. And, but at the same time, you also have to think about the now because you can't sit there and dwell on the fact that you're not doing anything. Just go do something. Even if, and I, <laughs> I preach on this a lot is a lot of people say, oh man, you could be flipping burgers at McDonald's. Hey man, flipping burgers at McDonald's is better than doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter what your grind is or it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're getting yours. Maybe yeah. you have to start at that McDonald's job to make you realize, shoot, hey, they're doing something that I don't necessarily like or there's, there's something that I do like. And one, that's going to create a better leader out of you because you're going to be like, okay, cool. I got it. They do this really well. I'm going to keep that with me in my next job. Or if for whatever reason, somebody wants to stay in the McDonald's business and that's what they enjoy doing, that's what they enjoy doing. Like nobody should, they shouldn't feel the pressure from accepting other people's like, like they shouldn't look for acceptance of other people. And I think in this day and age, that's what's going on, especially with social media. Everybody's looking for that like or that comment or that share, or, you know, whatever it might be. But instead of doing that, like focus on what you enjoy doing and you won't worry about anybody else. Because a lot of time people are like, oh, you know, I have friends that they this, they that. I'm like, dude, have these friends called you in the past 10 days? Have these friends contacted you? Do they only call you when they have conflicts? Do they only call you when they need something? Like what are those friends doing to you, to, you know, to benefit your life? And I think what I'm getting at is like do what's best for you. Because at the end of the day, like you are all you have. And if you do nothing to like satisfy yourself, you can't satisfy anybody. That's fantastic, man. Did you give that speech at OCS at any point? <laughs> nah, man. Like <laughs> this is to like a lot of people don't really know me, but like I like deep down, but like I'm I'm a I'm very observant and I see things like very like in a very abstract way. I catch things here and there, you know, that I just like grab onto and like from life experiences, you know, from the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. You know, you just, you grow as a person and all this, like I have so, I feel like I have so much wisdom I share with people and like everybody will come to me for advice and I'll tell them, man, I'll like, I'll, like I said, I'll tell them the five-year plan, man. I'm like, look, I can tell you what you need to know. I said, because I'm, I'm, I don't really like to beat around the bush with people. I'll tell them exactly what I see and how I see it. Now, whether or not like that's what they end up doing. And that's another thing I like to tell people too, is like, at the end of the day, your decisions are your decisions. Whether you say yes or no, that's your decision. So whatever decision you make, like just own up, like own it. You know, if you say you want to do something, do it. If you say you don't want to do something, don't do it. Like don't look for acceptance from others because for what? Just so you can still be miserable because you did it for others and not for yourself. Yeah. And that is a powerful lesson. And I think it's an amazing way to wrap this, wrap this episode up. So Dalton, I want to thank you so much for being on this episode and, you know, thank you for, 
becoming an officer in the Marine Corps and doing that service. And if there's anything else, do you have any more final words of wisdom? <laughs> oh man, I, I got plenty, but I, I could go on forever. Maybe that, maybe that'll be time for another episode or something. But yeah, I, I definitely appreciate you. You know, it's my first podcast. I hope I can kind of give give a little guidance, a little bit, you know, a little bit of wisdom here and there. But absolutely. Well, everybody, that is Dalton Johnson, and thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful day.